June is here, and that means it's wedding season. And with that comes bachelorette parties. So put on your bridal sashes, grab your penis straws, and call in the strippers. We watch Slasherette Party. We watch it so you don't have to. So you know what time it is. What's up, Moon Goons? Welcome. Welcome to the Horrible Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Lord Marshall Hampton. Uh, with me today is uh, a very special guest. Uh, we have one of the other Duchesses of Spook, Baronesses of Blood. We have Sydney from the Spooky Tuesday Podcast joining me today. Uh, last time you might remember this, we brought this up. Uh, you met, we had Monica on, but this time we have Sydney. Uh, super excited to have Sydney here. So, uh, Sydney, say hello and introduce yourself. Yeah, I wasn't going to let Monica have all of the fun. Are you kidding me? Unacceptable. That's right. Everybody gets in on the fun here. Um, no, uh, I'm super excited she's here. Um, I, I just, so now we're just one more. One more of the Spooky Tuesday gals to get on it, to uh, get all three on, rotate. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully that work, works out as well. Um, this week, this week, before we get into this movie, uh, first, like I said, we're talking about with Spooky Tuesday. Um, go ahead and plug all your stuff. Spooky Tuesday, you can find that, I believe, on, I know I listen to it on uh, Apple or iTunes or whatever it's called, Apple Podcasts Now or whatever it is. But uh, plug, go ahead and tell them where you can find you and uh, all the listeners can find your stuff. I think where anywhere you could think to find a podcast is where we are. I know like Spotify, we're on iHeart, we are on uh, Google, we are this. If you want to follow us on social, we are spooky underscore Tuesday on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Nobody really cares about Facebook anymore, I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't like, really think so. so... I, I, I don't even know why I update our Facebook page. I mean, I still kind of do, just out of habit, but yeah, I don't think people care about that anymore we have one but we don't really <laughs> care too much yeah. about it uh, that's how i feel about twitter i, I really uh, don't care about twitter but we our big thing is instagram that's our big one but yeah basically the social so people can find and trial you um there it's a good time um speaking of which uh i do want to say that i agree with your your guys's um i want to say viewpoint on uh josie and the pussycats by the way um <laughs> i do believe that is a heavily underrated movie and uh i thoroughly yes. i thoroughly enjoyed it back in 2001 when i when it came out when i rented it from the old family video back in the day um so yeah just want to get that out there because i listened to that last episode like yeah josie the pussycats i've heard that forever that's a great one um J uh was it rachel lee cook super hot i was a fan of hers from uh um she's all that was the first one yes. and then that's my that led me to josie and the pussycats uh, so yeah, I just like thought that want to share that with you guys. I am on your side with the, the Josie and the Pussycats, um, debate or whatever you want to call it. Hell yeah. Join the army. Yes. There we go. Also, um, I think I, I'm going to forget. I, I apologize. Monica even said this on the last time she was here, <laughs> but, um, I can't remember if you were the one I had 
bone to pick or, or, over Jason X or not uh, was with if that was with you or if that was the uh, your, your third partner who had issues with uh, Jason X. But uh, I want to touch base on that real quick. Uh, let's let's touch that Jason X. Why why the hate? <laughs> That's Chelsea. That's Chelsea. I am a All right. Jason X Stan. All right. Thank you. All right. You're cool. Again, <laughs> my, okay. So, Mike and Cindy, you're the cool ones. Uh, Chelsea, you're on notice. Um, yeah. I, I, Chelsea's I, always on notice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, all right. One last thing before we start the episode, uh, get into the movie. I uh, want to shout out to all, uh, remind everybody out there listening, uh, check out the Horrible Horror podcast.com uh, and go to the merch page for all your new horrible horror merchandise, t-shirts, pint glasses, stickers, bumper stickers, hoodies, all sorts of stuff is there. Go there, check it out. Uh, anything you do get really helps out the show. Appreciate it. Um, so yeah, don't forget to check that out on with the episode. Um, we're your slasher at party. It is wedding season. So I thought this was appropriate. All the weddings are coming out now. It is June after all. Uh, this was released in 2020. Uh, written and directed by Paul Ragsdale and Angelica de Alba. Uh, so a duo wrote and directed. You can find it on Tubi, Plex, and Amazon right now. Uh, I watched it on Tubi. It was fine. I love Tubi. I highly recommend Tubi if you don't use it already. Uh, I wish Tubi would sponsor the show, but that's just a free plug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the cast, uh, there's only two people I'm going to mention the cast real quick. First, we have Dr. Petra Jordan. Played by none other than a porn Hall of Famer, Ginger Lynn. Miss Ginger Lynn is in here. She's got a 170 credits, including such fine, fine films as Saw, a hardcore parody. Dirty Rotten Motherfuckers. I want to come inside your mom, 23. Because, um, you know, it's really... Come inside your mom, number 19, I think is really kind of where they hit the mark on that. But 2021, <laughs> I think they kind of jumped a shark. But, you know, whatever. Taboo for the younger generation. Ball Buster. Uh, or some of her more fun roles. But then she has some legit roles as well. She's been in some Metallica music videos. She's been on NYPD Blue. She did voices in the 1990s video game series Wing Commander. Uh, she's been in uh, horror movies Evil Breed and Devil's Rejects. And a movie I was actually thinking about the other day that doesn't get enough love nowadays. But apparently she was in Young Guns 2. God, that was a good franchise. Young Guns was so good. I don't know why I was thinking about it the okay. other day, but man, it had such a great cast. And uh, I mean, just such memorable moments and the regulators. And then, yeah, Young Guns too. Uh, bon Jovi's music as well. Like, I think that one needs to get brought back. Not, not, I'm not saying remake it, just bring back the love for it. Like, I, that, it's a good movie. If you haven't seen them, for you younger guys, go watch the Young Gun movies. They're great. Um, what are your thoughts on the Young Gun movies there, Cindy? <laughs> I know this. the second one is like stacked, right? Like it's got like a, or is it, the, it's the second one. It's got, um, they're both Christian stacked, but Slater uh, yes. and, uh, the CSI guy. It's got Christian Slater, Kiefer Sutherland, Emilio Estevez. Um, and I think it's like, is it Dylan McDermott or McFat? Or some, there's one guy always get confused with the other one, but they're kind of similar, but one of them is in it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a stacked cast, like back in the, for back, you know, like early nineties, um, oh, yeah. stuff. it's really good. If you guys haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And secondly, the last person I'm going to mention on all uh, this is Dean. I, uh, I mentioned him because he's played by friend of the show, Drew Marvick. Uh, now you might remember him cause he's the writer, director and actor of pool party massacre. Um, which is a great movie you guys haven't seen. It. And, um, I know you guys can't see listening home, but right behind me over, I forget it's mirrored, but we have the autographed pool party massacre uh, poster he sent us. Um, 
So yeah, we love Drew Marvick, and I was stunned to see. I did not know he was in this movie until I started watching it. Then I was like, oh, holy shit, it's Drew Marvick. That's this is gonna be awesome. Um, You're like, I know that guy. Yeah, I was like, hey, he's been on the show. <laughs> good, good for him. It's like seeing something else. So that's it. That's all. But the only people in the cast we're gonna talk because uh, nobody else sadly kind of matters or. You're going to recognize or see in anything else. I, so, yeah, kind of sad. But anyway, let's move on to the movie itself. We open on a dream-like wedding scene. After the bride and groom say their wedding vows, uh, the groom pulls out a knife and just stabs the bride in the stomach, killing her right off the bat. Um, and then we just jump to the bride waking up in bed. So very stereotypical dream sequence opening. Um, nothing to, no. Fancy, unusual here. Um, we jump to the office of psychiatrist Dr. Petra Jordan, and by office, I mean hotel room, where Dr. Petra Jordan is, I'm sure, done much of her fine work in the previous films. I'm very used to being in hotel rooms, I imagine. Uh, Dr. Jordan is in the middle of a session with her patient, Dean, a.k.a., like I said, friend of the show, Drew Marvick, who is talking about his problems with women. That's his whole thing. Um, while Bree, the bride who we saw in the, the opening scene, waits out in the waiting room, and again, by waiting room, I mean the hotel hallway um or a little alcove in a hotel hallway uh the session ends so uh dean leaves brie goes in it's her turn on the couch um she talks about her feelings about her upcoming wedding and how she's having second thoughts and and uneasy feelings about it uh hence the dream we saw in the beginning uh and she goes on to say that she can't even stand her fiance anymore and the thought of having sex with him revolts her now that's kind of a red flag, I would imagine, if you're getting married to somebody to, uh, I don't know, maybe you need to put, pump the brakes on that. But uh, it's a pretty drastic, pretty drastic way, to, I guess, to, I don't know, I don't want to say start the movie, but just, uh, I don't know, it, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, so this scene, this leads to a scene of her writing a, her fiance a letter. She gets back home and uh, like writes down all her feelings in a letter. I think the doctor told her to do that. It's like, you know, write it out. You don't have to give it to him, but just express your feelings. Um, she gets surprised here by her two friends, Naya and Alexa, who have come to kidnap her to take her away on her surprise bachelorette party. Uh, that they tell that they tell her they rented a cabin in the woods. But Bree's like, no, I can't go because you know I'm breaking up with her fiance Dolph. His name's Dolph. Um, Nia, I always want no Naya. I'm sorry, Naya, Nia, Naya. It's Naya. You can correct me if, yeah. Is super excited, is really excited about the fact that Brie wants to break up with him, but Alexis all upset because she, it'll mess up all the hard work she put in on the party. Uh, but turns out that Dolph and his bros are all coming over as well because apparently it's now a joint bachelor bachelorette party, which that cannot be a good idea. I can't imagine that ever being a good idea. I, I don't know. I here's my thing too, and they go into the woods for said bachelorette party, yes. I would be so mad. I <laughs> I have beef with the woods. Like nothing ever good happens in the woods. That is true. Like, you just, <laughs> I'd just be like, the woods? Are you kidding me? <laughs> A co-ed bachelor party or bachelorette, bachelor bachelorette party in the woods? Yeah. I would have broken up with him. Just so I wouldn't have to go to that. I would have been like, you know what? Actually, we're canceling this <laughs> wedding. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think I might about break up with him and maybe break up with your your uh, maid of honor, too, or for planning that shit, because that's that's terrible. Um, but anyway, on that cue, everyone else shows up now, including Dolph. And from the moment Dolph opens his mouth, you tell he's just Captain Douche. Uh, you just know it. 
you can feel it. He's just that guy. Um, hearing him talk actually makes Brie throw up. She literally throws up from listening to him talk. That that happens in this movie. Um, so Brie, Naya, and Alexa all go to the bathroom to clean Brie up while the guys wait outside where Dolph continues to be a douche. Um, even his best man, Finn, isn't safe from this guy's douchery. Like, it gets worse. I mean, I, I'll comment on it later. We're talk, I'm sure we'll talk about him a lot coming up. Oh, yeah. But... I, have, I have big feelings about yes. all... all everybody in this film quite frankly <laughs> i cannot wait to hear those but yeah i want to get through yeah i want to talk about these people at like when we get through at the end when we because there's so much to say uh <laughs> so brie changes clothes and gets in the car with all the other girls are waiting for her and they immediately turn into woo girls as they drive off Woo! and which makes me ask sydney again i want to go back to you are you a woo girl or not what's your take on woo girls why what why okay so <laughs> I lived in Nashville for two years, which is like bachelorette party capital of the world. <laughs> I hate the woo girls <laughs> with a burning passion, but will that stop me from every once in a while being one? No. <laughs> Because sometimes you have to give in to the cringe and just accept your fate for what it is and just go with it. Like <laughs> Someday you just got to go with the woo, people. That's the lesson. If, if you take away, anything from, take away anything from this episode, it's just sometimes you got to go with the woo. Don't fight the woo. <laughs> Don't fight the woo. <laughs> um, so, uh, so at this moment, let's take a moment. We'll go over and... Um, clarify as best we can the girls that we have in this movie so like i said we have alexa who's kind of like this prim and proper one she wears this pink dress and pearls and white gloves kind of reminds me kind of a jackie o type look only alexa has like that dyed gray hair that's become really popular right now um i've seen that a lot like younger younger girls dyeing their hair gray for some reason i don't quite understand that um like, I don't know why if you're in your early 20s or so, you want to look like you're in your mid-50s or 60s. I, I don't get it. I don't, I can totally get, like, regular dye and, like, the cool, like, want to dye purple or blue or green or pink or what You know, if that's whatever, fine. That's cool. But I don't understand the gray. That's one I, I don't quite get. Because people at my age who are going gray would love anything to not have the gray <laughs> and go back to, you know, what we had in our 20s. It's like a flip-flop thing. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. <laughs> um, other than that, we have Naya... Uh, now if vampires are real, they'd probably look like Naya. She's like the vampire on spring break. I don't know if you felt that Sydney, but man, this girl just looked like, she looked like she was a goth that somebody dressed up in like spring break clothes or something like that. I, it was a weird, her clothes didn't fit like her cosmetics that she was wearing. If that made sense, like it just didn't seem to fit her. Per, I don't know. Um, her aesthetics were very mis mishmashed. Yeah. It, it's very confusing. Uh, then there's Mandy, the blonde, uh, the blonde girl in the short pink booty shorts and the cut up purple sweatshirt that shows off like her midriff and like has like, you know very 80s like sweater, the shoulders all hanging off, kind of footloosey. Um, next there's Trinity. The only thing that really makes her stand out is that she's the Indian or Middle Eastern girl. Other than that, she's just there. Um, and lastly, there's uh, uh, Carmilla or Carm something like that. Um, this girl's in the denim mini dress straight from 1987 who might as well not even be in this movie because I don't think she even speaks her name or speaks a line 
until like halfway through the movie. I don't think she talks at all. She's just there. Um, so she has zero personality. I don't like, she's probably the most useless character in this movie for, I, I think. Um, and that's, I don't know. And that's saying something because all these characters are pretty much useless. They're, they're not, they don't, there's nothing that really differentiates anybody from other person really at all. Um, so we cut to everyone arriving at the cabin. Bree tells Naya um, that she's decided to give Dolph one last try. We're going to give, I'm going to give the old, you know, freshman try or sophomore try or something like that. College try. Um, everyone heads inside the cabin to unpack. And in one of the bedrooms, Bree and Dolph, they talk. Uh, he gives her some shit about seeing Dr. Petra. Uh, then asks her if she's good to fuck now because that's part of her wifely duties. Uh, and that they haven't had sex in over a month now and tells her that shit like that, that makes guys cheat, but not him because he's one of the good guys. Um, which is always, I mean, that's the way to do it, gentlemen. That's how you do it. That That's take, take lessons from Dolph. Um, as a woman, anytime a man <laughs> says, I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm a nice guy. That's like, and I'm horrible at like reading red flags, but like that's a red flag that I, <laughs> a woman who is, will just ignore red flags, will not ignore. I'm like, mm, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so, uh, she basically she promises like you know not right now, but we'll we'll I'll have sex with you later tonight, and then she leaves. Um, and right after she leaves, he starts snooping through her bags, just starts rummaging through her stuff, and finds a letter. Uh, meanwhile, the girls are sitting around gossiping. Bree joins them. Alexa gives a little speech, toasting Bree and Doff, who we learned were high school sweethearts as well. Uh, the sound of someone knocking at the front door are heard. The girls think the strippers are early. When they answer it, they're staying there is Dean, who we met earlier, wearing brown coveralls. Next to him is his, uh, work, his co-worker slash partner, Seth. Uh, they tell the girls that they're there to fix the Wi-Fi because the owner, I guess, set up an appointment last week before, I guess. So I guess they're doing this like a, like an Airbnb type thing or, or I don't know. They, they obviously whoever rented this some point was set up previously. Uh, and the girl's like, yeah, whatever, go ahead, do your thing. Um, meanwhile, out back, the guys are starting to starting up the grill. They're talking, having some beers. Um, as far as the guys go, like, here's what we got. We got Finn, the best man. Then we have Jimmy, who's the Middle Eastern or Indian guy. Um, and the only other, really the only guy other than Dolph and maybe Finn that has any kind of resemblance of a personality. Not saying it's a good one, it's just something there. Um, then there's Eddie and Bert, to be honest. I don't fucking know which one's which. Hell, if it wasn't for IMDb in the first place, I wouldn't even know their names. That's how bad it is. It, it, it really literally does oh, not fucking matter. matter what their names are. Um, one of them wears a Hawaiian shirt, and I love this. Okay, he's got a Hawaiian shirt, and on his forearm, he has an American flag Wu-Tang logo tattoo on his forearm. Yes! Um, so, like, yeah, it's you all, everybody should know what the Wu-Tang logo is. Normally, it's a yellow W thing, but only instead of the yellow, it's like a waving American flag, um, which, sadly, I'll admit, back in the late 90s, I might have considered getting that same tattoo uh, cause I was a huge Wu-Tang fan back in high school. Um, but I noticed that right. Like, Oh, he's got a fucking Wu-Tang tattoo. 
Um, that's the only thing that makes him stand out from everybody else is his Wu-Tang tattoo. That's about Wu-Tang it. Wu-Tang is for the children. That's right. <laughs> Wu-Tang forever. Um, Jimmy and Wu-Tang talk about how it's harder to be a man than a chick when it comes to dating because chicks just have to be there and look pretty while the men have to be good looking and charming and well-read and funny and blah, 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 and all this stuff. It's, I don't know. I just, Sydney, what, what? You can chime in on, what, on your thoughts on, on that argument there. <laughs> this is their whole conversation is what I imagine like an incel Reddit thread or like a 4chan thread sounds like is <laughs> just men being like women have it blah 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 like men have it so hard and and they're just like standing there like circle jerking each other because like women <laughs> won't talk to them for this very reason. <laughs> Uh, so we jumped to Naya and the rest of the girls talking the porch, uh, playing a game of basically, I don't know, other, I, I don't know what to call it other than who would you fuck? That's basically what they're playing. Um, Naya is talking about how she's totally not interested in hooking up with anyone this weekend. During the conversation, it comes out that Naya hates Dolph and doesn't understand why Bree is marrying him in the first place, which is a very good question. Um, one that never really gets answered. Excuse me. Uh, we go back to the guys. Finn's getting tired of Dolph's attitude. Uh, so, the, and Finn remembers the best man. He's getting fed up with Dolph. But Dolph tells Finn that it's his weekend too, damn it. And that Finn better fall in line and gives him the old, like, little pat pat on the cheek with his hand. The old, old, little slap slap. Uh, again, really, really mm, making himself likable is this Dolph. Such a good guy. Uh, meanwhile, the daywalker Naya gets sick of talking and leaves the girls to go get whiskey. While the rest of the girls sit around and talk some more, Seth is working on <laughs> working on the Wi-Fi nearby. And by working on Wi-Fi, I mean twisting a screwdriver against the window. <laughs> I don't get this. <laughs> like, really? Like, if, if he's trying to fake work, I think there'd be much better ways to fake work than just twisting a screwdriver against the window. Like, what is that supposed to accomplish? I, I, fucking hilarious. I was just like, could they have not have come up with a more creative Thank you. way yeah. to do it? Like get some fake wires or something. Yes, like, anything. He could just have them, you know, punch over like, you know, yeah, like cutting wires or, or doing anything other than twisting a screwdriver into a window that doesn't even have screws in it. Like it's not, <laughs> it's just the dumbest, laziest thing. I, I just blew my mind. Um. So, uh, sorry, where was I? I just lost my spot. Um, uh, okay, so Seth is overhearing the girls' conversation about how unattractive they think Seth and Dean are, because uh, they're being—they're not being quiet about this at all. They're making it quite known that they think Seth and Dean are unattractive men. Uh, Trinity uh, asks Seth what he thinks Bree should do. Uh, he turns turns to her and says that Bree should be with someone who would die for her, like me. Um. Uh, then out comes Dolph. Seth goes back to screwing the window. Uh, Dolph gets all pissy that Seth was talking to Bree and gets all alpha male. Um, Dolph goes like, you want to fight me? Huh? You want to fight me for a bro? Bro? Uh, Dolph gets all up in Seth's face, daring him to make a move. But um, Dolph ends up backing off, but then spits at Seth. Again, just making him out, you know, super cool guy. Seth apologizes. He leaves. Uh, Bree gets up and goes after him chase him down for a bit and then she tells him that he has to forget about her so hmm wait what 
So, is it, so do they have a past? Does something happen that we don't know about? But that's kind of what it sounds like so far. He has, you need to forget about me and move on. Um, not, yeah, pretty confusing shit going on. Uh, we cut to the office of the stripper agency where the uh, black lady boss is on the phone with the client. Um, this is kind of a really pointless scene. There's really absolutely zero purpose to this scene whatsoever. Um, plain- I think they had to have this scene so it would be over an hour long. <laughs> I'm thinking that's probably what that is. I, I think this was just a time filler scene, which probably would have been better served. I don't know, maybe give your character some personality, maybe, or then throw on this useless scene. Um, the, only, the only thing about this scene that's of any interest or, or is just a minor trivia fact that playing on the TV behind her is a music video for a song called Fantasy World. And I'll give you guys, or Sydney, if you, anybody would like to take a guess as to who the singer is of this fantastic song, Fantasy World. I have no idea. All right. That would be none other than Miss Ginger Lynn herself is the lead singer of this oh. in this music video. It is Ginger Lynn's music video for Fantasy World that she, I guess, released back in like the 80s or 90s or something like that. Uh. Like I said, this seems pretty much pointless. Um, we, we do get introduced to the male stripper uh, who kind of looks like the equivalent of the Tuesday, you know, the Tuesday day shift stripper guy. I, I, honestly, I don't know why this guy, they could have gotten a better guy to be a stripper, but all right, sure, why not? Uh, and his wig is so bad. Thank you. Thank you. I just about <laughs> to say he kind of looks like Jimmy in a bad wig and sunglasses. I don't know if that's like racist of me, so but he's bad. like, it's terrible. It's like they just needed an extra actor. So Jimmy, throw on this wig and you're the stripper now. Um, so back at the cabin, Wu-Tang finds an old VHS camcorder, which of course he becomes obsessed with now. Because for some reason, every goddamn independent movie, almost every movie nowadays, has to have that one guy going around the camcorder. It's apparently like movie law now. You cannot make a horror movie without the guy with the camcorder. I don't get it. I think I, I'm tired of that trope. Uh, Brie enters the dark bedroom uh, and finds the letter addressed to her sitting uh, on the bed. The, uh, she reads it. The letter reads, Brie, I love you. I have always loved you. I want to run away with you. After she reads it, the light flicks on and there's Dolph sitting in the chair in the corner like a creepy stalker pissed off about that letter. Uh, Brie says she doesn't know who wrote it and that she just found it now just right here. Uh, he then confronts her about the list of everything, you know, she apparently also found the list that she wrote about everything she hates about him. Uh, she tells him that it was just an excuse, like an exercise that Dr. Petra told her to do. Uh, she tells that uh, she had these thoughts of comfort away, but now those thoughts are gone. She tries to reassure him everything's okay. Dolph ends up yelling at her saying, do you know how fucked up this is? Do you know how lucky you are to be with me? Do you know how embarrassing it is to be with someone to be with a girl who has mental illness and that she isn't, that she ever tries to embarrass her, or he basically says like, if you ever try to embarrass me, you'll regret it. That's basically the gist of what he what he says to her at this point. And my God, they is zero <laughs> zero redeeming factors about this guy, and he just gets worse throughout the whole movie. And he's like real hung up about being embarrassed. Yes, that's like his biggest like. That seems to be one of his biggest. Uh, uh, I don't want to say fears, but hold up. It's like I, his main concern is don't you embarrass me. Um, 
don't know. This guy, this guy, this, he's probably the type of kid who grew up in like a, like the yacht club or like had a, like a Senator dad or something like that. And just kind of like, don't you ever embarrass me? Cause that's the ultimate thing, you know, ultimate evil in society nowadays to be embarrassed. I don't know. He just has that, that arrogance about him. Um, we cut I the, can say oh, yeah. with like the utmost confidence that this man has the smallest dick you have ever seen <laughs> in your entire life. And that's one of the reasons why she doesn't want to sleep with him. I, She's like, yeah. okay. I think I would 100% believe that would to, to, to be correct. I would agree with you. Yes. Uh, probably like micro penis syndrome type thing going on. Um, oh, that yeah. would make 100%. That would make this. Yeah, I that that would explain a lot. Um, so we cut to Bree out walking through the woods by herself now. Uh, back in the cabin, Naya runs in to tell everyone that she's like, "Oh, Bree ran off. She's in the woods alone. We have to go get her." Dolph says she's just doing this for attention, uh, and that maybe her secret admirer can go find her. So he's being a little douche crybaby now, basically pouting in the corner. Uh, Nia calls him an asshole. Dolph gets in her face. They argue, uh, like about to fight, uh, but it gets broken up by Finn. Uh, Finn says that he and Nia will go look for Bree and ask if anybody else wants to come along. At this point, Mandy and Wu-Tang decide that they'll go look too. So the four of them leave. And of course, Wu-Tang brings the uh, camcorder with them as well. Uh, we cut back to Bree in the woods. She yells out, I know you're watching me. Then picks up a stick and starts cutting herself with the stick. Um, like, like scratching up and down her arms, trying to like cut herself or like slit her wrist or something she's just going crazy now listeners at home um if you guys want to take a wild guess at what she does next with the stick i'll give you a moment here to think about it just go ahead and think about what she might do with a stick now um all right your time's up sydney would you like to take this one or should i <laughs> here's the thing okay my thoughts uh the first thing that came to my head was like, baby, that's a stick. You're going to look at splinters. <laughs> thank you. I was going to, that's my point too. Yes. Thank you. I have that written down 100%. So anyway, listeners, if you guess she fucks the stick, then you win and you might have some issues of your own. Um, splinters. I shit you not. She shoves the stick up her vag and gives herself the old backwoods abortion. What the shit, folks? I... And Sydney said herself, I really wrote, I can't imagine how that would feel. I'd be worried sick about getting splinters up there. Like, <laughs> what a stick you find them. It's, it's not smooth. Like, there's like broken edges of it, like, like little pieces hanging off. And like, no. <laughs> Why? Girly, what is going on in your head right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but goddamn. Okay. That happens. That literally happens. Uh, we go back to Mandy and Wu-Tang. Uh, Wu-Tang's filming her ass as they walk. Uh, she gets upset with him for filming her, despite the fact that she is intentionally bending over to show her ass. Uh, and he does call her out on that, though. Uh, he says that she's just jealous of Bree getting all the attention. And so uh, he's going to stop filming her because she doesn't deserve it. And he's going to save the film for Bree. And he threatens to go off and find Bree instead. But this, I guess Manny works because Manny stops him saying he was right. And that when the camera is on her and only her, it makes her want to feel, makes her want to be bad. Uh, Manny tells Wu-Tang to wait there. And when she comes back, all these clothes are coming off. 
So she jogs off alone. Wu Tang shouts out, "How do you know I'm, you're not? Uh, you're not just gonna ditch me here?" So Mandy stops, takes off her bra underneath her sweatshirt, tosses it back at him, landing it perfectly on top of his head. Uh, then jogs off again to go hide behind a large tree. Uh, we cue the POV shot of the killer watching her from behind. And pretty much that's when the machete gets impaled all the way through her, through Mandy's chest from the back. Blood sprays out everywhere. She coughs up the mouth blood, falls to the ground dead, uh, while the killer in brown coverall stands there behind her, just watching her die and fall over. So there we go. We finally got kill number one. Uh, it was a good kill, too. Like, yeah. I love fake blood. It is my favorite thing ever in movies. And this movie brings the fake blood. It does. It does use a lot of fake blood. And it's not bad looking fake blood either. It's pretty decent looking fake blood. We, I've seen a hell of a lot worse in many other movies. So I will give them credit for their blood. It looks pretty good. Um, and this one, yeah, I will say for the first kill, it's not bad. Uh, the 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 impale from the back is fine. The mouth blushy cough stuff looks really good. The only criticism I have of it, and, and just a small one, is that they didn't take it, take into mind or take you know think about the uh, I guess camera angle when she falls over when she falls down because you see the blade of the machete like attached to her front, but when she falls down, there's nothing. There's no handle or blade behind her. Like they didn't attach it to her back. So either the machete then like broke off or he shoved it so far in there that the handle was, I guess, stuck in a rib cage and just not visible. But they did forget to put a back on the machete when she fell and they they uh, didn't frame that right. My nitpick, but solid opening kill. I give him that. Very solid opening kill. Uh, so we jumped to shots of Finn and Naya out uh, looking for Bree. Uh, then right back to Wu-Tang who gives up on waiting for Mandy and her delicious thighs, as he says, to come back. So she, so uh, he heads out off to film a giant pine cone instead. For he literally says he's gonna go film a pine cone, and that he he's like, I'm gonna film this pine cone I saw as you know a little ways back. So he wanders off to look for this pine cone, and he comes across Mandy's dead body, uh, lying in the grass, which doesn't make sense uh, considering he should have been going back the way they came to find the pine cone since you've already seen it on the way there. Um, so it doesn't make sense that he's actually going forward, not backward again, low nitpick, but it is what it is. Um, so anyway, uh, Wu Tang starts calling out for help and that's when he turns around and gets his arm sliced off by the machete. Uh, he's like, help, help. He turns around, slap. There comes the machete down arm gone. He drops them. Uh, it's the one hole of the camcord too. So severed hand and camcorder fall to the ground. Blood sprays out of his arm stump and spray as he screams. And that's the last you see of Wu-Tang. Like, you never actually see him get killed. He just sprays blood out of his stump and you never see him again. That's it. He's gone. He's done for. Yeah. Um, I, w- I, was, I will say I was kind of hoping he would have gotten his throat slit or his head cut off. Um, but we were denied just that just something. Well, also, that, so I, then I, I cause they denied me the fact of mean to say he didn't protect his neck. I, I didn't get to make the Wu Tang pun because they didn't do it. A next, a, a neck slice or a head cut off. Uh, we get an arm cut off instead and protect your arm. Doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, also I do want to point out the fact that nobody hears Wu Tang screaming at the top of his lungs after he gets his arm cut off. They're on the woods. <laughs> 
They're in the forest. Sound fucking travels out there. And it's not like they're mi- he went miles and miles away from the cabin. He's just wandering around the back, basically. But nobody hears him scream. Not Nye and Finn, who are out in the woods with him, which makes it even worse. I mean, you might be able to let slide the people in the cabin, but the two people in the woods with him don't hear him scream. Uh, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is like when that shit happens in these movies. It, it's ridiculous. Uh we cut to Nye, who finds Bree standing in a small clearing covered in blood. Now, Nye asks her what happened. Bria tells her, I killed it, and I'm free. So, again, yeah, pretty much backward hillbilly abortion is what that was. Um, and Nia takes her back to the cabin. Just, that's that. Let's go. Uh, like jump- we're done here. Yep, all done. <laughs> Mission accomplished, I guess. Um, we jump to Finn. Who is still in the woods? He gets a call from Alexa on his cell phone telling him that Nia has found Bree and they're on their way back to the cabin, so you should come back. Now, this I was stunned about. I was actually surprised to see a cell phone work in this movie because, in fact, all the other horrible things that they forget and overlook and all the stereotypes you see in horror movies of cell phones never working, I was surprised that the cell phone worked in the woods. That was a first. I, I, it kind of blew my mind. Right. Thank God. Yes. Um, I, I, yeah, they were, it's, it was the cell phone. It wasn't working here too. I just, it would have been too much, too much layers of shit to handle. Uh, so, uh, where were we? We, uh, uh, so, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I lost my place. My notes. Uh, now, okay. <laughs> now for some, for, here we go. Now this is some, for some strange reason, Dr. Deep Throat shows up at the cabin uh, and Bria and Naya uh, enter. Bria is now acting like she's insane all of a sudden. Like she's just lost. She's like Fruit Loops now. She's just lost her mind. Makes no sense whatsoever. Um, but I guess that happens when you fuck a stick. I, I, I don't know. I've never, can't say I've done that. Uh, Bria tells Dr. Double D that she killed it. It was eating me. I killed it. And then I killed myself. But now I'm back and I feel so much better. That's her line. That's her dialogue. I don't know what the fuck's going on at this point with her. I, I, I can't make any sense of this. Uh, and then suddenly Bree flips the switch again. Now she's all super excited about the party. She's like, all right, let's party. Let's drink. Woo! That's, and she goes off to, I don't know, I guess clean up and get ready for the party. Like This is a weird flip of the switch, emotional. Like I, she's suddenly just crazy, and then now she's party girl. I, I don't know what's going on at this point. She is losing her goddamn mind. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I plainly, yeah, she's lost something up there. Something fell, some screw fell loose up there. Um, so Dr. Doggy style joins the man in the living room and gets introduced to, we get introduced to all the people at the party. Uh, Dolph continues to doff it up. Um, and at this point, this is where I, I want to say this, I'd say this all the time in past episodes, but I don't understand where writers always have a tendency to feel like they need to write a character like this. That's so completely unlikable. Uh, and then also give that person a group of friends. Cause like no one would want to be around this guy, let alone be friends with them or like be their groomsman or best man. No, but they're so, I, I don't understand why you write. We see this all the time in indie movies that they did. They overwrite or they go to the extremes of this one asshole personality type where he's such an asshole there's no, he's zero redeeming factor, but yet he still has friends. And I, it doesn't, I'm tired of seeing it. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just. That's the thing about like shitty men. Like we see Dolph, he's like clearly abusive, but like 
in real life, people like that are very charismatic and they're very nice and yeah. they have all these other things. So like they're very likable, comma but yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's why they get with like the girls like in those relationships end up staying, don't go because like well they always see, they see that little bit of goodness in them, uh, so they keep keeps and keeps it coming back. Times, like their friends will be like, no, not that guy. Yeah. He never do that. He's so nice. He hangs out with his grandma every Thursday. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Dolph probably like slaps his grandma and then steals money out of her purse. That's probably what he does. And yet, but yeah, people see somehow he's got a fiance and somehow he's got friends, but he's so overwritten. It, it's, it's just atrocious. Um, Dolph continues to threaten his best man, Flynn, uh, and treats treats him like shit, basically. Um, again, which begs the question: Why would Finn even be this guy's best uh, best man? Uh, like, if the, I would get it, maybe if they were brothers. Like, he's my brother. I kind of have to. That would make sense. But that's not written. They never expressed that. Um, so I don't. Again, I don't know why any of these people are with them. Now, um, at this point, Finn and Dolph actually start arguing and, and nearly come to like throwing blows at each other, like about literally come to a fist fight. Or the fact that Dolph doesn't seem to care about Bree, uh, about Bree's well-being at all. Uh, Jimmy literally has to break them up as Doctor Deep Throat just sits there watching it all. Finn has finally had enough at this point. He storms out of the cameras. I'm like, thank you, finally, somebody. He's like, fuck you, Dolph. I'm out. I'm done with your shit. And he just leaves. I'm like, that's the most believable thing in this movie so far. <laughs> that's it. That's the most believable part. Um, Naya and Trinity ask Doctor Deep Throat if she wants to hang out for. Uh, the male entertainment to which she says, no, I'm not used to strange men shoving their groins in my face. And of course, I'm like, ha ha, irony, because uh, she's the porn star. Uh, she goes on to say that she'll just hang out in the guest room with a book and observe Brie from afar. Which, again, is weird. Like, why? Why is a psychiatrist hanging out at her bachelor party or bachelorette party? Right. Why is she even there? It makes why no sense. Why is she even there? It's like she on the clock. Like, no. I've gone to therapy plenty of times. I was I went to therapy for years, but my psych my therapist counter whatever never just like came and hang out at my house party. Just like hey, what's up? Like they're like no outside the office. There's no contact. Like that's they're like you know you conflict don't of interest. Know me. Yeah, exactly. They, one of my counselors even said like had it a talk with me like if we ever run into each other outside here, I'm going to ignore you. I'm not going to acknowledge I know you. I'm like okay, fine. I, I get it. And sure enough, it actually fucking happened one day. I was at a blood drive as one of those like portable uh, blood drive, big ass van buses things. Like, I'll go get blood. I walk in. I'm like, oh, shit. There's my therapist right there giving blood. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. She didn't say hi to me at all. We just kind of get like the old like little, uh-huh. Like a quick little so head, like head bip. Like, yeah, I see you. But yeah, no words were spoken. <laughs> so, but yeah, why her doctor is here makes zero fucking sense. Um... So, um, we cut to Finn walking around the woods. He finds like a little perch and he takes a little seat on it. He's just sitting there hanging out. I guess the coolest jets calm down. And that's when he gets bashed over the head with a fucking crowbar from behind and then just beaten with it. <laughs> just repeatedly beaten down with a crowbar. And that's it. He cut away and we see Dean and Seth standing in the woods now wearing dress clothes, like slacks and sport coats and nice shirts like and holding suitcases like what the fuck um so that makes zero sense um dean actually is uh 
holding an axe in one hand and a suitcase in the other while Seth holds a suitcase. They set their suitcases down. Seth opens his up and pulls out a machete, which was the only thing in the suitcase, which begs the question, why the need for a suitcase in the first place? You could just carry the machete. I think that'd be a lot easier. Um, and then they head off together. That's the scene. I, it's kind of weird. Again, might just be a filler moment. I don't quite get the point of this. Um, There's a lot of points in this movie that I was just like, <laughs> did that make sense? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Um I think that's the theme of this movie. Just maybe not. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. He jumped to Bree in the shower, having flashbacks of her sessions with Dr. Deep Throat. During one of the sessions, we see Seth enter, uh, Seth enter to fix Dr. Deep Throat's Wi-Fi. So he's fixing her Wi-Fi now, too, um, which just kind of had me chuckle inside as a guy because I just said, like, uh, the, having the porn star and then the guy shows like, I'm here to fix your Wi-Fi. I'd be like, that's just like the horrible, like opening scene to a bad porn right there. Um, Seth and Bree make eye contact at this point while Dr. DP rambles on, but uh, she eventually leaves to go get Bree's invoice. Um, and then Seth and Bree have a conversation here. So now we at least understand why earlier she said, forget about me. But the conversation wasn't like, Hey, I like you or you're cute or let's have a, you know, we had a one-time thing. It was, it's a very awkward uh, conversation with a lot of si- like awkward silences, a lot of little gaps. It, it's very, uh, there's no, no chemistry there. He's like, it's really weird. Um, I, I, I don't know again why they even had this in the movie again, because it doesn't really come back later. Other than just, I guess, kind of um, give credit to the line of when she says, forget about me. Other than that, I, I don't get, like, again, another this is another point in the scene. I don't quite 100% understand why it's there. I don't know if you had a different insight on this or, or any other thoughts about that scene, but I, I don't know. It was so weird. Uh, for you guys listening home, I normally you guys always like the sound of the can popping on the, you know, in the mic. I get it. It's kind of a little ASMR type thing, whatever, you weirdos. Uh, but here you go. Uh, it's not the can. It's the, it's the twist top. There you go. You got it. Of the, the Coors Light <laughs> bottle uh, left over from the uh, Phantom of the Mall episode. So, um, also another thing I want to point out, talking about psychiatrists, and there's also no way that a real doctor would let Seth or anyone else into the room while she's still talking to a current patient that would completely go against the whole privacy and confidentiality thing. She like he'd be like, okay, I'll be right there. And she would wait until Bree leaves to bring Seth into her office to fix the Wi-Fi. You would not have a stranger come into a, a current patient's session like that, even if it is still over, but if you're still in there talking there's no way he would be in there. Again, it's just, that's just bad. This doctor it's, should, it's bad. It's, it's bad practice. Like yes, my bad practice. Therapist bad. now, like we have to go out a completely opposite door exit way. Yeah. So that way, like the people waiting in the lobby can't even see that they were with another person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I actually, mine didn't do that, but I, I know like I, my, it's weird. Like my other doctors do that. Like my normal doctors, like, like, Oh, well we'll bring you in the main entrance, but here you go out the back door. 
You can't like, what? right. You're just like, like, are you ashamed of me? Am I like your dirty little secret patient? <laughs> like I can't be seen going through the main exit. I, I got to go out the back door. What? But yeah. I'm I, a side chicken. <laughs> you just use me for my insurance money. I mean, um, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, where were we? Um, back, we cut back to the present. Bree just, uh, curls up into like a ball in, in the tub and it fades to black. And then it cuts to Brie lying on in her bed now in like this long kind of silky uh, negligee lingerie type thing. And she's putting on makeup. She's getting all dialed up. So, again, we, we've gone like another 108. We went from I don't want to be here. I'm breaking with my husband or my fiance to I'm crazy in the woods, fucking a stick and cutting myself. Now I'm over that. Now I want to party it up. Now I'm crying in the shower naked. And now I'm back on the bed all excited and putting makeup on in, in lingerie. This roller coaster ride we're on with Brie is insane. When you say, think of all the uh, ups and downs and the different uh, like, personality twists we've taken with her so far in such a short amount of time. It's ludicrous what's going on with this. Our, our girl Brie is is a whole cry for help like just her as a person is just one large cry for help <laughs> so um in comes alexa to check on brie and she's now wearing a, like a little silky teddy too so i'm hearing now it's a lingerie party i guess they're having which is weird because it's co-ed but all right um alexa leaves and in comes naya closing the door behind her um, Naya stands, you know, a little nervous. Says, yeah, I got something to tell you, Brie. I have to, something I have to tell you. And then she's like, oh, fuck it. And this just lunges for Brie, getting on top of her and aggressively starts making out with Brie. And I got to say, I did not see that one coming. I did not see the lesbian turn right here. We, we just took, um, Brie responds in kind. She's not like off put by this or like surprised. She's like, all right, let's go for it. And she starts making out back this so now we got this full-on girl-on-girl makeout session going on. Um, very Which surprised I by that. I loved. I did not expect this, and I was here for it. All right. <laughs> I, I did not expect I that like, either. It's June. This became a Pride <laughs> movie. <laughs> I guess in a way it did, because I don't have one lined up for Pride Month uh, so far. But, yeah, this this will cover it. We can cover it with this one. Um so, uh, after they finish making out, Nia confesses that, uh, Naya, Nia, Naya, whatever, confesses that she was the one who wrote the I love you letter and, uh, that the idea of Brie marrying that loser, uh, that marrying that loser drove her insane and she just, uh, had to tell Brie that she's in love with her. Brie tells Naya, I love you too. Like, what? Okay, sure. Nia asks if Brie, like, hey, why don't we leave here together? Let's just go off. Let's run away right now. And Brie's like, no, yes, yes, let's do that, but not right now. I can't do it right now. Let's put a pin in that right for a second. Um, uh, so what the fuck? Did, uh, I'm not sure where this lesbian side story came from all of a sudden. Um, it came really far out of left field. Uh, not saying I hate it, but if, I'm not sure if it's 100% necessary either at this point with this movie. Um, kind of confused. Kind of confused here. Um, but Bria, Naya, and Alexa now, they all hug outside of Bria's bedroom. They all make, I don't know, they all hug, have a girl moment hug in their lingerie. 
uh, and then join hands and like they're going to skip down the yellow brick road and head into the living room. Um, and so at this point, the party actually starts. The actual bachelorette bachelor party starts. Two blonde strippers in denim booty shorts and thigh high boots show up looking kind of like Daisy Duke with a little red and white plaid top and booty shorts and, and uh, cue the music and the slow motion montage of the party. Um, and I got to say here, I'll admit this. I didn't hate the music. I kind of was digging the music that they were playing here. It was kind of groovy. And I was getting into it. I, I will say that. I actually, it was a good time. Yeah, I actually, I, I got the sound bite of the music that I'm going to play for you guys. So um, you guys can hear this. Uh, it's like an original piece, but I, um, I groove to it. I kind of dig it. So here, here's here's the song that they play. Um, it's like, yeah, kind of makes you want to gyrate a little bit. Like, mm. I don't know what it is. It's simple, but mm. yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the like Stranger Things music. Oh, you know what? I maybe I haven't watched. I have not started season four yet, but a little bit. And then like, that beat comes in. Then that secondary beat right there. Dang. Like yeah. Mm. And I don't know. I just play. I'll play this all day. I'm saying groove. It's like just a nice little groovy. I, I imagine like driving down like a, a Pacific Coast highway in a convertible, top down, the song playing, just kind of grooving down the highway. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be totally fine with that. I, I dig it. But anyway, all right. So I'll turn it off. Um, <laughs> that's the song. I, I dig it. I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, but that song plays throughout this whole slow motion mont- party scene. Um, the strippers tag team up on Dolph, give him like a double lamp dance, double lamp dance. They twerk their asses in their face, jiggle their tits in his face. He's fucking loving it, of course, because you know he's a guy and he's Dolph, and he's like, yeah, woo, all right. Um, as as the girls strip, uh, the nameless and other useless guy, who at this point has been absolutely nowhere to be seen up until now, now he finds is does the old pillow over the crotch trick uh, as his sister watching this. Uh, then the strippers go over to Bree. Bree now it's her turn, so they start dancing on Bree, twerking their asses in her face. Bree is like. Uh, rubbing her her hands over their ass and giving like little playful spanks and all this stuff, and she's having fun. And this fucking pisses off Dolph because, of course, he's Dolph. Uh, he gets up, goes over to Bree, and like yanks her, like pulls her arm, pulls her away from the strippers. Um, in his douchiness attitude, and it's and this snaps the slow motion spell of the movie. Um. Naya gets all up in Dolph's face, telling him, hey, don't touch her. And he starts, she starts pushing on uh, Dolph. Dolph storms off. Nia gives him the finger. Bria yells out, get out of here. You're ruining all of our fun. Um, Bria apologizes for Dolph's actions, says the party is not over. And then sends the useless guy off with the strippers for a private dance somewhere. He's like, you guys go have fun. She's, she even says, like, I arranged for you have a private dance, which makes no sense because this was a surprise bachelor party. She didn't even know about it. So how did she already arrange for a how private did she dance? Arrange? Thank you. Did, I'm not, I hope I'm not the only one that picked up on that. Cause like, how would she arrange that? She didn't know this was happening. Um, so, uh, Alexa now she gets upset with everyone because everyone's kind of splitting off and breaking away. And Alexa, it's ruining the party. And she starts crying. Cause all she cares about is being a, a party. She's kind of like a, 
I don't want, she's like the bride. She's not a bridezilla, but she's like a kind of a bridesmaid zilla a little bit. Cause all she cares about is like wanting the attention that, uh, for putting the party together and tries to make the party right for everybody, but she gets real upset when anything goes wrong with it. She's so selfish. It drives me insane. Yeah, she is pretty. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, where was it? So jumping to Dolph, pouting and stewing out on the porch, uh, Carmela, Carm, whatever her name is, the 80s girl in a denim, de- denim dress. She walks up to him and she finally speaks. This is her first time speaking in the entire movie so far. Uh, she's like, hey, what's wrong? And Dolph says that Brie is making a fucking fool out of herself and calls her a fucking bitch. Uh, Carmela, whatever her name is, says that it seems like you have a bunch of pent up from frustration about a mouthful of it. Can I help you relieve it? Then takes his hand and leads him away. Dolph pulls her back and they start making out um, until she leads him off again. So, okay. So, again, we just have some shitty fucking people and horrible people here. We have a bridesmaid making out with the groom. We have the groom who's already said was a douche now cheating on his fiance, even though he's like, you know, I'm the good guy. I don't cheat. I'm the good one. Um, it's just, just, all these people are terrible. They're all just garbage people. Uh, this scene was so triggering for me because one, I've never been engaged or anything like that, but I did have a boyfriend and one of my best friends at the time, like fucking behind my back. Oh, so snap. Oh, shit. That was. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I, I can't, that would be, t- yeah, that'd be fucking terrible. I, I'm, I don't, I'm speak, that sucks, man. I'm sorry. I can see why that would be a trigger for you right now. That's, um, I was like, wow, is this slash little red <laughs> coming for me? Oh, man. Ah, oh, so many garbage people out there. Um, <laughs> so back inside, Bree tries to comfort Alexa. Alexa, at this point, just she snaps like, oh, all right, oh, fuck it all. I'm just going to get drunk and, and make out with a cute boy and then fuck all this. She, where's Finn? Uh, we cut Dr. Deep Throat comes out asking to talk to Bree. We jump back to Dolph and uh, Carmela, Carmela, whatever her name is, making out by the back door. He stops her saying that he can't do this uh, because Bree has them all fucked up in his head. She says that Bree doesn't care about him. Again, I'm just like, these are just shitty bridesmaids. How are these guys friends? I don't get it. They shouldn't be friends at all. Uh, Dolph says we're getting married in a few days and he can't just let her leave. Uh, Carmela says that if Brie doesn't want that ring, then I'll take it. To which Dolph laughs in her face, basically saying, you're hot and all and you give really good head, but you're not wifey material. Dolph gets better and better. God bless Dolph. About- <laughs> Fuck is wrong the with this good, guy. good Madonna whore <laughs> complex. Like this is a prime example of the Madonna whore complex. <laughs> um, Carmela now threatens to go have a conversation with Debris, basically saying, "I'm going to rat you out, um, because if you don't like, I guess if you don't let me suck your dick, I'm going to tell your fiance you're cheating on her." I mean, that's a weird threat, but okay. Um, to which Dolph scoffs saying, since when did side chicks start getting all demanding and shit? Um, at this point, both of them hear a noise come from outside. They look out the window. Finn pops up with his face pressed against the windows, um, begging for help, bloody begging for help. 
We cut to the two strippers now naked in the shower while the useless guy sits on the toilet watching them as they just kind of shower each other and spank each other's butts. Uh, it's, that's and they're it. like full nude. Yeah, full, full nude. Like... Yeah, full on nudity. Uh, then right back to the living room where Dolph and Carmela help a bloody and broken Finn into the room. Finn says he's all right, but he has something to tell Bree. At this point, he tells her that Bree... Tells Bree that Dolph has been cheating on her with Carmella because he just saw it. Bree snaps, grabs Carmella by the hair, drags her over to the front door, and throws her out, slamming the door behind her, kicking Carmella out of the cabin. Uh, with tensions already already high. Tensions are, you can't get much higher. Aries on edge, about to snap. But for some reason, Naya thinks this is the right moment to tell Dolph that she and Bree are in love and they're going to go run away together. I'm like, damn, girl, read a room. <laughs> now is not the time <laughs> to do that. This is not it, okay? <laughs> um, outside, Carmilla's banging on the back door, begging to be let in. Dean pops up behind her, swings his axe down at her. I gotta say, holy fuck, is this the laziest axe swing I think I've ever seen? And I hate to say that because, Drew, I like it, man. But what the fuck? It looks so bad and it's so slow and awkward. Um... And, and so I had me wondering, I don't know if it, maybe it had more to do with that Carmella didn't move out of the way fast enough, or maybe she was slow on her cue, so he had to like maybe hold back on the swing that made it look so awkward and slow. But regardless, it's a terrible looking axe chop, and Carmella runs off, and Dean goes after her as she rounds the corner of the cab, and she gets a machete buried in her face, courtesy of Seth. So she like has like those drawn out, like doesn't, uh, 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 with a machete in her face, and she falls her knees and then Seth puts a boot on her chest and like kind of kicks her off of his machete. She falls over. She's dead. Um, not bad. Not, not terrible kill. The machete looks fake as fuck though on, on her face. The machete looks really fake. Uh, that's one problem this movie has yes. is the weapons look incredibly, the ax looks good, but the machetes and the knives and everything else we see are incredibly fake looking. That's, that's a problem. Um, so Inside, Naya tells everyone that she and Brie are leaving, but Finn stops and says that no one is leaving because there's someone out there that they need to get Carmella back. I'm like, Finn, shouldn't that be the first thing he just said when he got into the cab? It's not, hey, Dolph is cheating on you. How about I just got my ass beat by a crowbar out there? Somebody's out there to get us. We that should have been number one, I think. Not Dolph's cheating on you. I I think priority is there. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's my, my my own take. I don't know what you what you feel about that, Sydney, but I think somehow just beat my ass with a crowbar should have been priority number one. His pride was probably too wounded to admit <laughs> that he got his ass handed to him. Yeah. By what we find out is the psycho the well, her psychologist. Yes, yeah, we find that out coming up, uh, which is no big surprise. Um, so. Finally, at this point, at this point, people finally realize that Mandy and Wu Tang have been missing this whole time. Like, again, shitty friends not noticing their friends have been gone for, like, hours now. Um, These are bad friends. They're very bad friends. Finn looks over at Dr. DP and says that, yeah, she's the one who attacked me. Which, again, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Again, makes no sense. Because the doctor said, I'm going to stay here. I'll be in the guest room reading a book. So she's already in the cabin 
when Finn is out there getting beaten. So that means she would have had to sneak out of the cabin to go beat his ass with a crowbar, then come back in to the cabin and hang out in the guest room. Doesn't make any she sense. She just climbed through the window. I, I guess she could have climbed through a window. Yeah, I guess that could have happened. Um, so, uh, but before anyone can react to this, uh, Alexa interrupts saying that she's so sick and tired of all of her hard work being ignored. She spent so much time trying to make this the perfect night and it was not supposed to be like this. Okay. So mwah, I'm going to have my selfish bitchy moment. I'm going to, I don't care that you just got your ass handed to you by a doctor and beat down with a crowbar. And I don't care that these people are cheating. These other people are dead and missing. I just get mad that my party got ruined. Mwah. Um, oh, she's literally the worst. <laughs> um, we cut back to the strippers in the shower. Eustace guy is still sitting on a toilet watching them. And we see Seth walk in or uh, standing in the dory behind them. No, but somehow the strippers who are looking right at him don't seem to notice. And maybe they don't care. Maybe it's like, hey, more guys for the show. I don't know, but nobody cares. Uh, we jump right back to the living room. Alexa's still ranting and raving. She shouts out, where the fuck is my male stripper? And right on that cue comes a knock on the front door. Alexa opens the door and finds Dean standing there, axe in hand. Um, oh, I should mention, I forgot to say, uh, but th- this whole time Seth and Dean are also, they're wearing uh, brown coveralls, but they also are wearing those like clear plastic creepy face masks that kind of distort your face. Um, they're really cheap, but man, they're still creepy. I, I forget what they're types of masks are actually called but you see them a lot um but they're wearing those as well um alexa is still in full rant mode goes off on dean calling him some sort of horror themed stripper um i ordered a copy a fucking idiot uh trinity says he's dressed like jason myers so jason myers i (laughs) didn't catch that on my first watch and then on my second watch i was like jason myers Yep, Jason Myers. Uh, you know, from um, Halloween to 13th, I guess. That's the movie he'd be in. So um, Alexa's all like, great. That just goes perfectly with this fucked up night. I'm going to bed. She turns and walks away. Trinity, who, by the way, is like I said, they're all wearing like laundry. She's wearing like panties and a bra with, like a, and a silky robe. And her boobs are all pushed up to high heaven. Um, she just walks up to Dean, who's like, she like starts to say something. And Dean just like plants the blade of his axe right in her forehead. Just whack right there. Killing her. She's dead. There goes Trinity. Okay. But right before she says my favorite line in this whole movie, she just goes, come on, Jason Myers, pull that thing out. I missed that. And I guess I, just, <laughs> whack. I lost it. I was like, iconic icon behavior only. <laughs> I guess I missed that line. I, I, I can't believe I, I watched this movie like three times or something. I missed that one. <laughs> um, no, that's great. You pull that thing out and then, yeah, whack right to the forehead. She's she's done. Uh, meanwhile, in the bathroom, Seth kills the unsuspecting useless guy by stabbing him down through the top of his head with a large, like, Michael Myers large knife, uh, the tip of which you see come out the bottom of his chin. He's dead. Seth then turns his attention to the strippers, uh, so he, he leaves the, the knife in the guy's head and he pulls out his machete, stabs one of the strippers in the neck, killing her, uh, then kills the other stripper by stabbing her in the stomach, twisting his blade around, causing the intestines to fall out and go splat in the tub. There's, so yeah, we got triple kill right there. Uh, the intestines, not bad. 
not not terrible looking intestines. I'll give them credit for that too. I will say that. Um, you but, got intestines and nipple all within like seconds of each other. It was yeah. great. And I think you might get nipple and intestines in the same shot because I think she's bent over holding her intestines oh, yeah. in. You might get the double right there. Um, but yeah, I, I will say again, the blood effects and, and at least the intestines, not terrible looking. A M- lot better looking than I thought they'd be for this movie. Uh, and also this is coming off of the last time we saw intestines was on Camp Murder, which were god awful, the worst things we've ever seen, I think, in a horror movie. Um, so Jimmy leaps on, I just, we go back to the movie where Jimmy leaps on Dean's back trying to fight him off. But Seth now pops up behind him, slashes Jimmy across the back with the machete killing him. Um, I, there's a little more to this, but I, at this point, I, I went on a little rant here because uh, this is one of those kills that I'm always skeptical of this type of kill. You know, you see it all the time. Um, in horror movies, I mean, Jason's done it. You see a lot of people die, but you see it all the time in like medieval movies like Braveheart or like games like uh, throw the Game of Thrones when someone just gets slashed across the back by a sword. Um, I always, and then they just die. Like, I'm always like, I don't buy that as a killing blow most time. Cause like, yeah, it would fucking hurt. It'd suck. No doubt. But like, I'd never buy it as a killing blow because like, there's the swords never slash that deep. They never go that deep. And there's no vital organs in the back really. So I, I just like when somebody dies that way, I was like, that's kind of lame and stupid. They're not, they wouldn't die from that. But Jimmy redeems himself because, uh, 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 not Jimmy, but Seth redeems himself because the slash he gives Jimmy is like right up between the shoulder blades. So clearly not a killing blow. Would not die. But Seth follows up with a series of vicious chops, just hacking Jimmy a bit to pieces. Uh, so I'm like, okay, that makes up for it. That will kill him. Jimmy's dead officially now. <laughs> Definitely dead. R.I.P. Jimmy. Yeah. He's like I said, he was the only guy other than Dolph and maybe Finn who had somewhat of a personality. He had some lines. He was, they were trying to make him a little bit funny here and there, but they at least tried with Jimmy. I think at that point they just gave up on everybody else. He's like, fuck, we're not going to give him personalities. Um, so now Dr. Deep Throat shows up with a gun saying, these are nice girls. They don't deserve to die. Um, which is weird. Cause we you know like, like wait what because Finn just accused her of beating him with a crowbar but now she's defending him um she says I didn't think any of this would happen I thought the boys just excuse me uh, had more practice talking to girls they would break through their anger issues towards women but that didn't happen nothing works and then of course dun 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 at this point to no one's surprise we've which we've already kind of known she spins around aims the gun at the girls and Finn. Uh, Dr. Deep Throat goes on to say, there's, there's nothing I, uh, nothing I could do to stop this from happening. Well, then you're just a shitty doctor lady. <laughs> you, there's right. a lot of things you could have done to stop this from happening, but now comes the even bigger reveal that probably everyone also saw coming. She says that these are her patients and her sons. So there we go. Which is just wild. <laughs> yeah. I, you're a bad patient. You're a bad doctor and a bad mom. Um, she goes on a rant about how society. I bet you have a lot to say on this one, uh, Sydney, but here we go. She says society, uh, girls in modern society made them this way because the girls reject boys and boys become violent. She says girls should just be more perceptive to a boy's inner beauty that they just keep picking the jerks that they know are going to just fuck around and cheat on them. 
if girls would not reject boys, there wouldn't be as many mass murders. And if women would stop rejecting men, there would be less violence, which is pretty much saying the exact same thing twice. It's just odd writing. Uh, Dr. DP still rants on yelling that she's so tired of these brainless little sluts who think that they're all way too good for my boys. But the uh, bloodshed stops here. Go ahead, boys. Um, and I'll move on to this in a second. But that's kind of a weird take that she's blaming women for society's problem because women are rejecting men too often, driving men to violence. I guess that's I a hot take. <laughs> that's a hot take, I suppose. I um, this earlier, and this movie just probably went on an incel chat room and just was like, ah, what posts have been posted today about hating women? Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, this uh, you could almost say this is uh, the antithesis, the opposite side of the, of the Black Christmas 2019 remake, where it was all about hating men and the men were evil and worse. And now this is saying women are evil. And so it's like the opposite side of that coin. Uh, surprising both suck. So um, <laughs> maybe there's something to say by that. So anyway, with that Dean hands, Seth, his ax takes off his bloody coveralls underneath, which he's still wearing like his dress clothes. And I will say I did kind of chuckle at this next part, mostly because of how drew Marvick delivers his lines. Um, so Dean steps forward and goes into like a full blown like dating website or video dating bio about himself. I'm um, like, you know, like I like long walks on the beach. I like this. I like, you know, this, uh, it just this whole thing. Uh, the best part I thought was when he says, I have a generous 401k plan Yes, and pulls out the documentation to prove it. If anybody wants to see the documentation, I did laugh at I that. I loved that. That was my favorite part of that whole thing. Thank you. Mine too. Like, I'm glad you appreciated that as well. Cause I, I, I was laughing at that part. Um, but I'm when like maybe <laughs> when I go on dates now, I'm going to be like, hello, I'm going to need documentation of your like, do you have a good 401k? Yes or no? Bring it. Bring it on our first date. I need proof. Hey, couldn't hurt, man. He got, yeah. Uh, so, um, so he holds out for a second. None, like none of the girls take a look at him. So like without missing a beat, he just kind of puts it back in his pocket and goes on to describe his perfect Saturday night, which includes cuddling on the couch, watching a rom-com and sipping on some, uh, sipping on a cup of his homemade hot cocoa. Once he's done, he takes a step back. He say, he steps back again, like he was in a spelling bee. He steps up, says his beat, bit, and he steps back. And uh, Dr. DP tells him he did a good job and turns on the girls saying, come on, there's no reason to be afraid. Then she tells Seth to step forward uh, so he can do his, I guess, sales pitch on himself, his dating pitch. Um, but he stops, he whispers into his mom's ear, telling her, that one of them was mean to him earlier today. Um, this is stuff like juvenile, like playgrounds. Like, mommy, he, she was mean to me. Um, Alexa says it wasn't just her; they all did it. But Alexa's like, "I'm sorry, I didn't. I you know I'm sorry, I'm sorry." But Doctor Deep Throat says it's too late for that now, and it's a and is about to shoot Alexa when Dean stops her, saying he likes her that she's cute when she's mad. So Dr. Deep Throat calls Alexa a little bitch saying she's been a bitch all day. Besides, you killed the one I liked without even discussing it with me first. Um, 
which I guess maybe Trinity was the one she liked. I don't know. Uh, it had to be her or Camilla. Um, Dean wants to know why he can't have the short one or the redhead, meaning Alexa or Brie, although Nia also has dark dyed red hair too, so it could be anybody. Um, doctors tells Brie, says that Brie is for Seth, which causes a small argument on why Seth gives her and not Dean. So they start bickering and fighting over which one of them is going to get Brie at this point. Um, kind of funny. I mean, I get it. Um, but then from behind them, we all hear freeze, assume the position. Everyone turns around in the doorway is the male stripper dressed as a cop with a fake gun. The stripper, like I said, is wearing a cop shirt with no sleeves. Sleeves are ripped off in the cop's hat. But that's it. Because un underneath that is just a tiny pair of Speedo man panties. Um, so no pants on. Just the, just the Speedos. And he starts dancing uh, over, over Trinity's dead body. There is a corpse lying in the floor, on the floor right in front of him. And he is dancing over it. Um, and pays it no mind. Uh, which blows my mind at this point. He only stops when he realizes that there's no music playing. He's like, wait, <laughs> there's supposed to be music. And then he looks around and he takes off running out of the cabin. <laughs> and that's the last you see him. That's it. The smartest <laughs> of, right? They made such a big deal about the male strippers and that's all that we get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's he also the smartest one. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, so using the stripper's distraction, Finn charges Seth. They fight, but Seth takes Finn down to the he, he takes Seth down to the floor. Naya charges Doctor Deep Throat and tries to wrestle the gun away from her. Alexa makes a run for it, but gets caught by Dean. Uh, now, if you're wondering where Dolph has been this whole time, well, he ran off right as Trinity got killed by by Dean's axe early. He took off running and hasn't been seen since. Just to let you know. Um, so he's hiding. Bree is able to pull Alexa out of Dean's grasp. Dr. DP goes for the gun or her gun goes off in the struggle, shooting Naya in the stomach. Dean backs Bree and Alexa down a hallway saying, I never thought I'd be the one to kill my bro my brother's girlfriend, but here we are. Uh, Bree starts to honey dick him telling him that she can't, she can see that he's really sweet on the inside that you're so much sweeter than your brother. You're a good guy. All that, you know, doing that whole shtick. Dean blames all of this on his mom, saying that he never wanted to hurt anyone. I'm a nice guy. It was all my mom's idea. Blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, Seth gives Finn the old Adam Goldberg saving Private Ryan death by slowly pushing the blade of his machete down through Finn's chest. Finn coughs up lots of mouth blood all over him, just... Vomits it all over himself with mouth blood. He's dead. And I will say that kill always kind of gets me. That one, I was like, oh, that'd be such a terrible. And most of be more, not so much this scene, but the scene I referenced in Saving Private Ryan. That one got me. That was a horrible scene. That, the, that, would, that one bothered me. Uh, yeah, that would not be a fun way to no, go out, you know? Just that slow, you see, you can't stop. The knives are coming in, you feel going so slow. You're just like, ah, I can't stop it. And it's just... Ah, that fucking, ah, that, that gives me the shivers. That's terrible. And that's basically what happens to Finn's here. Uh, Bree continues to honey dick Dean, offering him a hug. So she walks up to Dean and hugs him. And he hugs her back. So they're just hugging each other in the hallway now. Um, Alexa takes this chance to run away. 
down the hallway. And now Mr. White Knight Dolph shows up, demanding that Dean get his hands off his woman. Dolph. <laughs> Dean easily manhandles Dolph down to the floor. Just like this is nothing. He might as well put in a Kleenex, just toss him to the side. Alexa has picked up the axe and chops Dean in the back with it. Dean stands up, stumbles towards Alexa. Bree runs up behind Dean, rips the axe out of his back, and then chops him in the back of the head with it, killing him. Unfortunately, you don't really see that killing blow. It's kind of like a kind of a half done. You don't really get to see the actual impact of it. Uh, but Dean's dead. Dr. Deepthroat, now armed with a large plastic knife from nowhere, screams out, no, at his death. And she calls Bree a fucking whore. Uh, she goes on to say that you, all you had to do was marry them. That's all you had to do. Uh, meanwhile, White Knight Dolph is now playing dead on the floor. <laughs> he's not trying to help. He's just playing dead. Um, which is the worst. He is the worst, but honestly, not the worst move. I mean, not the worst idea <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> if you, I mean, if you're looking out for number one, I guess it's not. It's the play. Um, Deep Throat continues her speech, saying how she thought Bree was a good girl from a good family, but no, she's just a degenerate. That sleeps with other women. But worst of all, you killed your own fucking baby. So Bree then reveals that she was never pregnant at all. So I'm like, whoa. What? Hold up. So that means she just fucked herself with a stick for no, just to do it? Because she wanted to for the pleasure of it? I mean, right. what the fuck, man? Why would you do that? What's the point? I, I It just, this movie is so it, confusing. It, it, it's starting to make my head hurt. Trying to think. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, nothing makes sense. Um, so at this point, Deep Throat attacks Bree. Bree blocks the knife attack with the shaft of the axe. Uh, in, in in a very short struggle, Deep Throat's leg gets slashed on the thigh. She drops to the floor. She calls out for Seth to help her. Seth enters, but just stands there as Doctor DP yells at her. That she was wrong about Bree. She's not the good girl. She's not good for him. Deep Throat looks back at Bree, who's standing over with an axe. Uh, Deep Throat yells out, no! And in one awkward, like, half axe swing, somehow Bree, in one slice, though, cuts off Dr. Deep Throat's head. No pun intended there. The head goes flying into the corner. Seth walks up to his mom's dead body and starts shouting at it, telling her, like, stop telling me what to do, mom. You're always telling me what to do. Am I doing it right now? No, mom, no. This is all your fault. So he's having his, his weird little mental breakdown. Seth then takes his mask off, turns to Bree and says, I didn't want to do this. She made me do it. Basically doing the same spiel that Dean just did a few minutes ago. Bree says she knows that they were both tormented by people who don't care about us that tell us we're weak, that we don't deserve love, but we do. You're not weak, Seth. You're strong, blah, blah, blah. She's doing that that whole thing again. She then gives Seth a hug and starts, like, petting or rubbing the back of his head. Nia starts coughing. Bria rushes over her. Nia tells her she loves her and then basically dies. So Nia's dead. Bree starts begging. Yeah. Uh, Bree starts begging Nia to get up, saying, like, no, no, you got to get, you get, wake up. I love you. I love you. We got to run away together, blah, blah, blah. Seth walks over hearing this, like, well, what about me? You said you loved me. What about me? You told me that with your eyes. 
Uh, Sethi goes on to say that all this is what Bree really wanted, that she split everyone up so that they would be vulnerable to be killed or something. Like, that's what I'm getting out of this. Uh, Bree says that wasn't for him. It was so she could escape the party. Excuse me. Seth says uh, he made that happen. And this scene goes on for a while. They go back and forth. Seth being crazy. Bree saying, You're, I don't love you. We're not together, blah, blah, blah. And eventually, Seth ends up attacking Bree. He raises his hand with the machete and to swing it at her. But Bree, still with the axe in hand, again, in one like swift motion, goes all like Darth Vader on Luke and like cuts off Seth's hand uh, that was holding the machete. And the hand and machete land in the burning fireplace. We cue that groovy music again. I played for you earlier. That music kicks in again as Seth runs out of the cabin holding his bloody stump and off into the woods he goes. You don't see him again. Bree now, covered in blood, still holding the axe, turns her attention to Dolph. Meanwhile, Alexa has gone to the bathroom to find dead strippers in the tub. She screams. Dolph starts begging for Bree, like, like, don't do it, Bree. Don't do it. I love you, blah, 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 or whatever. Uh, she raises the axe, swings it down at Dolph, and we cut away. We cut away to Bree waking up in her bed next to Dolph. Like, what the fuck? She gets out of bed, goes to freshen up in the bathroom, where she has a vision of a bloody Naya behind her in the tub. Naya says to her, it's, that's, uh, or what's the matter, Bree? You think you're going to get away with this? You used me. Sooner or later, they're going to find out, or uh, sooner or later, they're going to find out who you really are, what you did, or blah, 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 blah. Bree starts flipping out, screaming, no, please, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, over and over and over Dolph comes in to calm her down. Bree says that she saw Seth who told her that he was going to kill her, which no, he didn't. She just saw Naya, not Seth. So she's lying or either they messed up in the script somewhere. I don't know. Uh, and he, that Seth said he's going to kill her and make her pay for what she did. Bree goes on to say that she didn't mean for anyone to get hurt. Dolph tells her it's okay. Helps her back, helps her back to bed. Bria asks him if he believes her. He says, of course, and uh, reminds her that it was all the, the fake doctor who told her she was depressed and that you were crazy. All the while trying to blame me for it. It was her and those goddamn fucking retards who killed my bros. Dolph goes on to say that they all tried to take you away from me. Uh, he puts his arm around her and she kind of leans into him. And he says, you came to your senses. I accepted you. Uh, but nobody cares for you the way I do, Bree. Even that crazy bitch Naya tried to take you away from me. Imagine that. Like you would ever be with her. She was delusional and only taking advantage of you. So again, go into this whole mind fuck, uh, emotional uh, abuse type thing. Bree starts having flashbacks of making out with Naya on the bed as Dolph keeps talking, saying not that Naya only did what she did because she hated me. So she only told you she loved you just to embarrass me. Dolph pulls Bree in closer to him. They lay back in bed together. Uh, her head's on his shoulders. She, he's continuing saying, nobody can hide who they are forever. You can press it all you want, but sooner or later it all comes out. You're lucky to have me, you know. Nobody really knows what happened in that cabin except you. We close up on Bree, resting her head on Dolph's shoulder. It lingers there as we hear Naya and Via in voiceover again say, sooner or later it all comes out. Blackout. Roll the credits. What the fuck? What? Yeah. What? <laughs> Thank you. Like, okay, okay. There's so much. 
questions about this ending? So many questions. I didn't understand this ending. Not at, at all. all. It made no sense. None. 100% agree. So, first of all, let's try to unpack this. So, uh, fuck, how can you say no one knows what happened to the cabin? I'm like, first of all, Alexa was there. She survived, so she knows. Uh, and Seth, he ran off in the woods. He lived, so he knows too. Dolph knows. And Bre- so there's four people who know, two of them outside the relationship would know what happened in the cabin. The other thing about this ending is it's starting to imply that Brie then killed everyone in some sort of psychotic episode, which would make zero sense. But she's like, I didn't want, I didn't mean to hurt anybody. I did this. Or like, then Brie, then they're saying that it was a fake doctor. So was Dr. Deep Throat not an actual doctor? Was she a fake doctor this whole time that somehow tricked Brie into like, counseling sessions for God knows how long. Like this ending blows my mind. It was so many questions about what the hell happened. Like, was it a dream? What, what What are they going to find out at some point? Yeah. I didn't like, what's the big thing? Like they didn't do anything. Like you, well, they're going to find out that you were attacked by a family of psychos and they killed everybody. Okay. You're still in the clear. You're innocent. It was self-defense. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. What is there to find out? That's what I'm saying. Is, is Unless they're saying that Bria killed them and tried to cover it up, that's the only thing that would make that make sense. It's like, why they'd be so worried about people finding out what actually happened there. But if that's the case, then why, this whole movie doesn't make sense. Well, the movie doesn't make sense anyway. But I, you know what I mean? It's like, there's so many weird writing choices or... Were they trying to make a confusing word ain't just for the sake of doing it? In which case they did a poor job of doing that. Uh, I just cannot comprehend this ending. I, I don't get it at all. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear your takes. If you have any more takes on this end, like what you like on the ending itself, just before we do, do any more talk about the characters, but my God, I, I, <sighs> the ending is just so unsatisfying because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And like, also, I'm big mad that of, out of all of the people that survived, it was Dolph and Alexa. Thank you. That was my next point. That's why I want to talk about these characters because, yeah, the fact that Dolph survives is a horrible, horrible ending. Like, he should be the one. Like, there's no characters in this movie except I don't. Maybe you could say Nia because she sticks up for Brie and she seems like she, like the true like ride or die bro or you know girl there. But um, yeah, there's nobody you get behind. There's nobody you want to be, feel sympathetic for or support or want to survive this. Really, like, they're all terrible people. And, but then you have like arguably the two worst people in this movie live is bonkers it's just mind-blowing that they, they would both live like Bria should just kill Dolph and moved on then maybe throw her in an insane asylum somewhere throw her in a padded room and, and end it that way I'm like fine whatever that would make more sense that would make sense because she's been crazy this whole movie but yeah the two of them the fact that they both lived actually is very unsafe and ruin, like is a terrible terrible way to end this movie um but as far as the characters are like you, you had you wanted you wanted to talk about these characters earlier uh, this is where I want to do it so if there's anything else you you, you have notes or, or insights that you want to uh, dish out about any of these people uh please let, let's let's talk about that now if you got anything no let's talk about these people yes let's <laughs> um who do you want to start with I mean, I, who do you want to go with 
Okay. One. Brie, I don't care about her as a main person. Like, right. I just, there's nothing about her that makes me give a shit about her. Uh, I agree. Dolph should die. Yes. And is his real name Dolph or is it a nickname? <laughs> because I have questions. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I hate to say, like, I don't, even though she was bitchy, at, in the beginning of the movie, Alexa was kind of like, I can't, she's kind of cute and bubbly. I'm like, okay, I can get behind her. Then she just got worse and worse. I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to hate her. I hate to say, but like, like the, the best character is, in my opinion, Dean. He was the most entertaining to me. Yes, but my bias, because I, I like Drew Marvin as a person, but just his character and his performance was the most entertaining to me. But of the, the quote-unquote good guys, <laughs> um... Man, I would hate that. Probably Trinity. It was probably, or maybe Naya, but even Naya had a few issues. But those were probably the two best characters, and they were still either completely useless or just kind of. I felt almost shoehorned in. Like, I feel like that Naya Brie relationship thing was, I don't, maybe it just felt a little forced, a little shoehorned in there to add, you know, try to spice something up or throw kind of like, let's, let's throw another wacky twist in this that people won't see coming. Um, see, I don't, I don't in, know. Instead of the way too long stripper warehouse scene, yeah. you know, like we should have had more like build up on their relationship. Yeah. So that way it wasn't, uh, where did this come from? Yeah. Like they should have done like, yeah. Take out this stripper warehouse and maybe like do like a, maybe like a college flashback or maybe they were. Uh, college roommates or they were friends of college and had like maybe the experiment had like a, a one night stand in college that they can't but like oh well now we're confused we don't know what to do or like something or like show some signs of like a hint at that or something to build up to that that we yeah I 100% they should have taken use that time much better than using that useless stripper agency scene they could have done anything like some kind of character development or backstory to the tie up some of these loose ends and are confusing questions. I 100% agree with you on that. That was a big mistake, I think, that they they uh, let slide in this. Uh, but, all right, so unless there's anything else you have, have you want to talk about these any of these people anymore, because they're all garbage people pretty much, and they should all be dead <laughs> in this movie. But um, otherwise, I think I, we'll move on unless you got something else. I would have been more satisfied if, like, the cabin blew up and everybody <laughs> died at the end. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I think it would have been, yeah, this should have been one of those movies where everybody died. Just, yeah. Or actually, I, I would have been okay, like, yeah, Brie goes and see at the end, kills Doff, and then she ends up in a padded cell somewhere. I've been fine with that ending, too. I, I, I'm like, fine. That, that's whatever. Um, Now, before we move on to our, our normal, um, uh, well, actually, we'll go ahead and do favorite kills first. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap that up, and then we got some stuff I'm going to do before our regular stuff. But let's do favorite kills. Don't act like you didn't love it. Favorite kill. All right. Again, this movie, eh, not horrible, but not great kills either. So um, always start with our guests. So, uh, Sydney, what was your favorite kill of this movie? Okay, so I have two favorite kills. And my... Number one favorite kill is stripper number two because oh. we get actual blood and guts. 
Yes. Which I love. And then my honorary mention is Mandy's Kill because mm-hmm. it's the first one and it's the most with fake blood. I mean, like that shit is like <laughs> everywhere. I mean, it's like <laughs> fake blood. It's like splurting and just having, and it was like, you knew it was coming, but it also like got me a little bit too. I was like, oh, I was not expecting that. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you on mine. Um, I didn't quite think of the stripper one. Uh, kind of because, like, I, I know, although you could say it's kind of a triple kill. You get three kills in back-to-back-to-back succession. Um, and you go from nudity to intestines in, like, a split second. Um, I was looking at Mandy, too, uh, just because the same thing you said. Uh, the the, the impalement didn't look too bad with the machete coming out. The, the fake blood was great. There's a plenty of it in abundance. It looked good. Um, and it got things kicked off. It's, it got, the, you know, I think jump started. Uh, then I kind of thinking about, uh, the doctor too, the, the, uh, decapitation, um, not the best looking one, but by far not the worst we've ever seen either. Um, I'm, so I'm always the sucker for a good decapitation kill, but, uh, I think I'm going to go with, I think I'm gonna go with Mandy. The first one, just because like the blood was so good in that kill, the blood looked great and it helped sell it. It was the first one, so you weren't you were kind of okay, good. I'm on board. Let's see where this goes. And then you get kind of the movie kind of goes on hold, like oh shit, shit, uh, <laughs> a downward slide from there. But at least that that point, you're in t- you know your hopes might still been up a little bit. And you're kind of like okay, whatever. Um, so I'm going go with Mandy. I think Mandy's. Good. I'm going go with that one for this movie as well. Um, now before we move on to our normal Osmans. Um, like we did last time with, um, with, with Monica, you guys do a, have a couple of segments of your show that we'd like to maybe incorporate here for you guys. Uh, I know you have your, your dumb bitch and mm-hmm. your, uh, make it more gay. Um, so let's start with dumb bitch. Um, take us through that. What, what's your, uh, let's do, do us our dumb bitch for okay. this, this one. Who couldn't be the <laughs> dumb bitch of this movie? Can you, is the can, real question. Can an entire cast be considered a dumb bitch? Uh, can you can you do Here, that? I mean, every single character there is an argument for. I can say uh Dolph yes. is a big one. Um the therapist, big one. Uh, then you get like there's different tiers to it, you know, like <laughs> Dolph and the therapist are yeah. like god level dumb bitch tier, you know? And then you have uh Alexa, just because she is so selfish and so obnoxious and just like so. Ugh. Um, I will say I will give Finn the anti dumb bitch award because he is so pure. Yes. And just so boring. <laughs> but I think Dolph is my big dumb bitch of or honestly i hate to shame but like brie for not breaking up with dolph sooner yeah i was gonna ask about brie just because again we don't know i don't understand this movie or what what her story was supposed to be but i would consider her a dumb bitch because she went out in the woods cut herself up with a stick and then fucked it for apparently no reason she was never she she didn't give herself an abortion because which you're made to believe because she was never actually pregnant. Uh, so she just fucked a stick and cut herself with it for absolutely no reason. 
uh, and went crazy. So I, I don't, that's kind of a dumb bitch to me. I, I don't get, that's, I think kind of my, cause I'm blown away by that, that whole thing thing. Cause there was no point to it really at the end. It didn't make, it never came back. <laughs> there was no point to that scene in the long run. Like why is she cutting herself and fucking a stick? It, it made no sense in the end. So that, to me, I don't know. By degree, the Adolf is uh, probably, probably should be hurt. I think Brie and Dolph should both be God tier. In my, that's my opinion on that one. Um, they all are the dumb bitch. Like, all of them. <laughs> Love it. Um, now, we've already had the lesbian makeout scene, so I don't know what, if you, there's another way to make it more gay. Um, that's your other, um, take it away. Yeah, you can make this gayer by killing Dolph and Brie and Naya uh, being able to, to be a couple. <laughs> okay, I, for a second I thought you were going to say you kill Dolph and Brie. I'm like, okay, I don't know about that making it gay. It makes it better. I don't know about gayer, but okay. Yeah, Naya and, and Brie running off together. That would make it more gay. Um, yeah. There we go. Um, I, I, I'd say I do like you guys' dumb bitch segment. I, I do I enjoy that one a lot. That's a fun one. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> With that, let's move on to our normal odds and ends. Just when you thought it was over. Here comes the odds and ends. Um, so our ratings, IMDb gives it a 3.3 out of 10. Um, probably pretty proper on that. Rotten Tomatoes, it's not on the site yet. There's, it's not even there. Amazon, Amazon normally always gets about a three, three out of five to low fours is Amazon. But Amazon's actually smart this one. And Amazon came in at a 2.6 out of five, which is very low for Amazon for the movies we find for apparently. Um, plot keywords. There were only 17 total plot keywords. Um, I can run through them real quick. Nothing real fun. Or obviously, it was Cabin in the Woods, serial killer, slasher, friendship, group of friends, cheating fiance, party, jealousy, stripper, voyeur. Um, I'm not sure who the voyeur was. I don't know where that one comes from. Maniac, female nudity, female frontal nudity, female rear nudity, lesbian, LGBT character, lesbian character in a non-lesbian themed movie. Those are all the plot keywords for this movie. Um, so it is what it is. Nothing real fun or fancy there. Unfortunately, trivia couldn't dig up anything real interesting. Um, same with the budget. Uh, I always love playing the budget game, but unfortunately I could not find the budget for this movie. So there is no budget game this week. Sydney, you're off the hook. Um, <laughs> uh, but we do get to go t- into mortal comet combat. At the end of this day, one shall stand, one shall fall. In the end, when the dust settles, who will be left standing after Mortal Comet Combat? All right. Um, Mortal, we have 29 total reviews. Not a whole lot. I mean, uh, Grant, it's only two years old, and it's any so probably doesn't have the most um, word of mouth yet, but only 29 total reviews on Amazon. Twenty. This is where it, it got real strange and real different um, for what I've seen in a long time. Only 20% are five-star, with 38% being one-star reviews. That hasn't happened, like, forever for us on the show. <laughs> Normally, it's, like, 
60% five star, 2% one star, you know, 55% one star, 3% or five. It, 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 there's a much bigger gap. And it's always more fives than ones. This I can't remember the last time I've seen fewer five star reviews than one star reviews um, on, on this. So I'm, I was blown away by this. So starting with the five star reviews we, from Susie, we have classic slasher movie style for sure. Five stars. Um, Wesley just writes, LOL, five stars. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, now, this one gets a little he gets a little long-winded, but from NLQO, uh, titled, That is Awesome. So if you're keen to awesome things, this might be for you. Might I add, amongst being awesome, it evokes a whole breakfast Spread of emotions ranging from not but not limited to well filmed, incredible acting, superb production quality, excellent writing, emotional score, strong grips, crew members, great hometowns of starring actors. I, I'd assume I just got that vibe. Vibrant hair slashing and contrary to the title, stabbing and bludgeoning. And come on, who doesn't love a good bludgeon? Overall, in my completely unbiased opinion, it parallels those amongst the ranks of this is where he rambles on flank forever. Listen, like every <laughs> good movie, like uh, rivals the ranks of Citizen King, Rebel Without a Cause, The Godfather, the or the original U.S. 1944 version of Gaslight, A Streetcar Named Desire, Persona, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, Bicycle Thieves, Taxi Driver, Cinema Verte, The Three Colors Trilogy, Sunset Boulevard, Psycho, Cool Hand Luke, and Finding Nemo. In other words, as quoted by the Boston Globe, probably an instant classic best film of our era la times i left the film a new and better human san francisco chronicles they've mostly likely been said they, they sorry the grammar this is started. they've most likely been said they just might have printed it in the wrong issue who knows how these things work just it just watch it bro uh five stars that's it for the five-star reviews. That was like every single five-star review written out. You just heard them. The one-star reviews on the other side of that coin, we have from John S. Albino. Uh, yeah, John S. Albano Jr. If you're into watching a complete POS treat a woman horribly, this may be the film for you. The acting, atmosphere, camera work, and the plot movie were so low budget and it seemed like the goal was to see how bad they can make it and still get someone to okay its release. While a slasher flick about a bunch of hot women in a cabin in the woods is pretty cliche, it is also pretty it is also a pretty successful formula that's hard to screw it up. But they did, so particularly. Um, I think the only thing they did well was make the antagonist dude completely hated by the audience. The actor was so spectacular in his role of vile POS that you have to wonder if he was some if he was some acting anomaly in this uh, piece of trash film, or if he was just being himself. One star. From Avid Reader, a movie like this is useful to watch as it will make one appreciate even a mediocre movie uh, as worth the time to watch. I made it through most of the movie, but I suffered. This is truly a very bad movie. There is very uh, there is little talent shown. The characters are unappealing and in some cases juvenile. The kills are not even bottom level special effects. One of the machete kills, I thought I saw a rubber machete quiver. There are lots of low budget slash movies out there are far better than this movie and even many of those are terrible. One star. From Chantel, this was an atrocious movie. The acting is absolutely terrible. It was like they went to Walmart on a Wednesday afternoon and asked 10 random people if they were interested in acting. The story is worse. The only thing that 
that's somewhat decent about this movie is the editing and production quality. Even the kills were okay, taking the budget into account. Low budget doesn't bother me, but at least have a story that makes sense with characters you can like and acting that's not cringeworthy. One star. Last two from 76 Crew. This one just makes me laugh. Bad ending is bad. One star. Simple. I mean, not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. And last from E. Sep- uh, uh, Sepeda, or Sepeda, uh, this movie is a crime to humanity. This should never have been made and should never be seen. Such a terrible movie. I have no words. Should be burned and buried. I feel sorry for the actors that played in the movie and anyone who watches this. If I could give, if I could give a negative stars, I would. One star. So that's that's the battle this week. Um, and honestly, like I said, pretty pretty close. Normally it's not a blowout. It's pretty close, but the one star is one out on this one, at least on Amazon. So let's bring us to our final thoughts from you. Uh, Sydney, what is your final thoughts on Slash Red Party? What are you thinking? So bad's good, so bad it's scary. Let us know your final thoughts. This is so bad it's scary. And I think it could have been good. I think just the like the themes and the the plot and everything needed like a longer like to it needed to be more thought out it's just like the premise is there right the execution was not (laughs) (laughs) um i agree with you i i I agree i think again it's a solid you know seen a dozen time premise bunch of people going to cabin in the woods it's tried and true. How it's not. It's pretty hard to fuck that up. But man, did they do it? Um, I, it did. Like the story and the idea had potential. Uh, everything was like all the ingredients was there, but somehow they just fucked up baking it. I, I don't know if maybe they set the oven too high or they you know just over stirred it and it made the, the batter too watery. I don't know. But whatever they did when they were cooking this up, fucked it up. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm going to agree. Say so bad, it's scary, and I, I hate to say that. I hate to say that because, goddamn, I like Drew Marvick. I don't want to say that for him, but man, he was probably the, I he, Drew Marvick, and I think the music that I played was probably the best part of, of this movie. And that's sad. I mean, it shouldn't be. It should be better. Um, they just got too weird with this with Bree and her a lack of a better quote unquote story arc character arc. I don't know what you want to call it was nonsense. Dolph should have been off. Like he, he should have been the big final kill. Like he's the, everybody he, you, you wrote him to be hated. Everybody's supposed to hate him. Well, congratulations. You did that. Cause everybody does. He's the one that everybody's going to want to see killed. Like if it was played in the theater, he would be the one that everybody in theater starts clapping and cheering for when he finally gets killed. But you rob him of that. You rob the audience of that. He should be killed and you take it away. And then you make him live and basically continue to get the last word in. And he basically comes out to be the victor. Bree doesn't win. He's Dolph comes out to be the victor of this. And that's terrible. Like, I, I, that's a terrible message. I, I, Grant, you shouldn't go to horror movies for your social messages and commentary. But that's still a terrible way to end it. Um the other characters were like just complete useless. They had no personality at all. Most of them were just there as filler. Uh, there's so much wrong with this movie. I hate to say it, but I was I I had high hopes going in. 
I did. I thought it'd be. I thought it would be fun. Uh, I thought it'd be. A, it looked like it'd be a fun little uh, indie slasher. It's not that long. It's only like an hour and 15, 16 minutes. And if you don't, if you cut off the credits at the end, um, and it's free on Tubi. But even with that, I yeah, so bad, scary. Don't. I would not recommend watching this one at all. It's not. You know, they got the four Bs. They had the the, the blood, the boobs, the babes, the you know beers and all that. They had all the four Bs there, but man. Even those couldn't save this movie. Um, so, yeah, we're doubling up. So bad, scary this week. Uh, sweeping that, sweeping it on that category. Uh, so, with that said, we're going to wrap it up. Um, I, again, I want to say thank you very much for uh, Sydney for sitting in on, with me this week. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed having the girls from the Spooky Tuesday podcast come on and join us. It's been great. I uh, hope to continue this relationship and uh, somewhere down the road. Every girl's back on. Uh, maybe. maybe uh, uh, Chelsea can come on, or or Monica and you go. You can do a uh, have two or three of you on at the same time. Well, at least two maybe. Uh, but yeah, you gotta they, collect us all. Yeah, yeah, like Pokemon, <laughs> gotta collect them all. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for coming. I had a blast again. I hope you had a good time. Uh, for you guys listening, remember definitely check out their podcast, Spooky Tuesday, on your platforms. Um, it's a good time. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, they're just fun to listen to. They 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 uh, they're enjoyable. Uh, gotta say it, enjoy it. Check them out. So in the meantime, guys, again, I say it one more time. Sydney, thank you so much for coming. Appreciate it. Um, you know what to do, listeners. Watch more horror movies. And remember, remember to always keep it tight.